Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Yes, indeed. It is time for parenting, which Joanna Fortune uh, informs me does involve a lot of planning, just not from uh, a local authority. Uh, afternoon, Joanna. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Yeah. Uh, right. My almost five-year-old daughter has been in crush and she, she was two years old. She did take some time to settle in at the beginning, but since then she's always been happy. Since her Montessori graduation a couple of weeks ago, she started resisting going to the cre- going into crash. She will cry every day and sometimes she will hold on to the handles in the car so we can't take her out. When we ask her why she doesn't want to go, she says she misses us. Nothing has changed in her class since graduation. We have spoken to her teachers and they say after the initial tears, she's happy for the day. She also comes out happy every day and full of chat. So we can't understand why she was resisting going in every day. We've also noticed at home she was having a lot of tantrums. And if any attention is given to her three-year-old brother and not her, she will have a tantrum and will say that no one loves her. She's starting school in September and there are a lot of changes afoot. She does talk positively about starting school and she had a visit in June, which she enjoyed. Uh, I mean, it's. Hmm. I think the answer is embedded into the question here, yes. actually, because as you were reading it, I was going, oh, maybe. And therein was the line coming. You know, all the talk at the moment when children are transitioning from preschool to big school, it, the whole summer is about big school and big school. And it's so exciting and we're going to have a great time. So all of the focus is on big school, not where she is, but where yeah. she's going. She's had a graduation from preschool and yet she's still there. Yeah, that's you know? weird. Yeah. So when you say nothing has changed, I'm like, I don't know that that's helpful for her, actually, because in her mind, I've graduated. Everyone's talked about me leaving and finishing. Everyone's talking about what I'm about to do. And yet I'm still here. And you might say mm. in September, but time is so you may as well say, you know, in three years time, <laughs> yes. it means nothing. So actually, she's sounding confused. Mm. And when young children are confused, it's not easy to articulate. I'm feeling confused and overwhelmed with the amount of change and mixed messaging going on around me right now. And I'd misunderstood graduation as the end of something. But it turns out it's not. It's a continuity. Mm. So she's showing you in her behaviour. Don't look at my brother. Look at me. I don't. You don't love me really as I don't love how I'm feeling right now. Yes, this is all yes, out of my control. Yeah. So there is context to her behaviour and how she's feeling. I, I think, you know, she, and this, I'm going to say this because it may not be possible at all. But in her, from her perspective, she may need a break from the routine that she's in yeah, to get yeah. ready for a new routine starting. And it's okay that that is her perspective and that's what she would like. And it's also okay if from a family point of view, that's not possible because yeah. there are jobs and she has to go to childcare and things like that. But just to empathise with, that might be what she's seeking at the mm. moment. And just because we can't give it to her doesn't mean that she's not seeking it. So you can empathise and go, do you know, you've had your graduation and you're still going into question. It must be like, what's going on here? And this is how the summer is going to be. You'll get to play positive reframing, you'll get to play, you'll get to see all of your teachers or educators, Mm. whoever is in there. And we're going to have some playtime at home and then we're going to be going to school. So you almost remap what's happening next for her so that she has that. Um, So you're just explaining how it's going to work, basically. I would say as best you can and within all of the demands of family time at the moment and having a younger child, try to find a window to spend one to one time with her to chat to play, to hang out, to go for a walk, to go for a hot chocolate, whatever it is, just to be together. And if you can do that weekly, brilliant. But if not, every kind of 10 days, make sure that it's just you and her and she's getting that pure focus. Now, 
could be half an hour. It doesn't have to be a whole day. Great yeah. if you can, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and just make sure you're in, you're involving her actively in the process of beginning school, the choosing of whether it's a uniform or a tracksuit or no uniform, whatever it might be, a lunchbox, a school bag, her little bits that she's part of choosing those and getting the little name stickers onto everything. Mm. You know that she sees, oh, it's it's happening. It's happening with me, not to me, because a lot of change is going on. And with that kind of point of separation that's bringing up the resistance every day, just try to reestablish a separation ritual. And it might be that you get, um, you know, those little sheets of temporary, obviously temporary tattoos that you can get, you Mm. sticker ones and that you put matching ones on you both and that you touch them off each other going in or out or you just kind of say, look, we've got our tattoos. We're ready for the day ahead. Do a special handshake with her, letting her know that when I don't see you with my eyes, I'm feeling you in my heart. I can't wait to see you later. We're going to play a game of whatever, Mm. so that you're planning for the reunification in that and trust that actually there might be hard for her to say goodbye. She's telling you she misses you. I believe her. Yeah. And she is okay. Yeah. When you leave, she is okay. Yeah. Yes. So I think what you've got is just a little bit of a tricky time. She's confused and overwhelmed and she's got big changes going on. So this is about patience and just increasing the play. I would throw in some extra sensory play when kids, even this age, they may have grown out of some some of the sensory play. They benefit from a return to it when they're getting a bit antsy and anxious. Mm. I, I know it's probably closed now, but would there be any value in visiting the school again? Just the grounds of the school? Absolutely. And anyone who has a, a little person starting school in September, now don't go daily, don't overdo <laughs> it, but a regular walk by, cycle by, drive by, however you're going to be getting there for school, you know, so they experience the journey and the route. Yeah. And it's familiar before day one that you point out, oh, look, there's a hopscotch thing there or there's a whatever there might be and a bench and, a you know, grass to play on. You name it positively as this is your school. And at home later, you again, don't over egg it, but just say, hey, we saw, you know, Jamie's school today and it's fab. I can't mm. wait. And you're excited about it. So I think you want to start. The, where are we? July? Yeah, it's no harm to start that kind of end of July into August that you've got a good five, six weeks of prep for school. Yeah, it'll be there before we know. It, I so really will. Know. Yeah. I worry my eight-year-old boy is addicted to video games. He had a console of some sort or other since he was five, but he's watched my husband play games since he was a toddler, so it's been a big part of his life. Playing video games is one of the things they do together, but my husband works abroad during the week, so he only sees the fun side of gaming on the weekends. During the week, my son and I battle constantly over it. He knows he's only allowed it on Tuesday and Thursday for 45 minutes each day, more allowance on the weekends. But he begs and begs to the point of distraction so that I just give in for an hour's piece, <coughs> excuse me, uh, while I put the dinner on or tend to his twin siblings. They're four and already a handful. I know I should be stricter with this, but I feel like I never win the battle or else there's utter mayhem in the house when I hold do hold firm. He plays sport and he's been brilliant at school. So am I wrong to limit something like this when he's an otherwise happy and good boy? 
Oh, goodness. I mean, it sounds like, you know, there's a high compulsion around gaming and that, you know, that he loves it. It's stimulating and he's seeking that stimulation with it. I'm really struck in here that, you know, this has been a part of his life since toddlerhood because he's watching his dad play. And then as soon as he's, what, about five, he's actively playing. And it is what he and his dad do at weekends. So this is a big part of his connection, a big part of his world. And what this parent is calling the battle I would reframe as the boundary, you know, because actually what's happening here is you've set a boundary, 45 minutes on Tuesdays and Thursdays and more time, whatever that means, at the weekend. Well, when the father's there, so it could be infinite time. It is his job at eight years old to test your boundaries and it's your job to hold them gently yet firmly in place. What is happening here is he knows through experience that if he brings what you're calling utter mayhem, you will give in. This He's learned that testing your boundary, pushing, you know, really getting you going is an effective form of communication because it does get him what he wants, which is more gaming time. Mm-hmm. Now, all of that, you might be going, thanks, Joanna, add to my burden here because I'm parenting <laughs> alone during the week and I've got four-year-old twins and a whole lot going on. But just to kind of understand it, there's nothing psychopathologized about his pushing your boundary. That's developmental. Yeah, the fact yeah. that you're giving in is because you're exhausted and you need a break. Mm. So it's working for both of you, if if you're honest, that you give him a little bit more. And I'm not saying if that's right or wrong for him, because no two kids will react the same to the same amount of time on something like this. But I also think dad and the relationship with dad is a big part of the gaming connection. So I think dad should be a big part of the boundary mm, setting here yeah. because it's disproportionately falling on mom to set these boundaries. And then dad comes home going, hey, you want a game? <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, dad's coming home and saying, did you get to level whatever? And, and that's the yeah. other bit that I thought was interesting in this, because I wondered, might he be seeking the extra time to practice so he can impress dad? Yeah. Um, or might he be missing his dad? And this is the way he mm. feels connected to him. And it, hey, guess what? I tell you what I did during the week and I did this. So get a bit curious about what need is being met with the gaming as well. Also interested in what else he and dad do or could do outside of gaming. Again, I'm not demonizing gaming. You yeah. know, I'm just saying there, it need, there's no harm if it's part of his play experience and connection with dad, but it shouldn't be the only way that they connect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think, though, I'm wondering if you could draw, sit down with him and say, 45 minutes twice a week is not working. You and I are fighting all of the time on it. I'm prepared look at me being so reasonable, to give you two hours during the week instead of 90 minutes because he's getting it anyway. So now you can frame it that you're giving it to him. So if you say you can have two hours Monday through Friday, give him a schedule broken into time slots and a pen and let him decide how that two hours should be spread over the week. If he decides I'm going to use it all up on Monday, then he's made a choice, but he doesn't get to have 45 minutes the next days either. Mm. And you can say, look, you've actually used all your time. Or if he wants to do half an hour over four days, he can equally do that. But you're making him a part of self-regulating the amount of gaming use. So I think you can say, look, I'm giving you a little bit extra, but you've got to work with me how we do this because it's not something I'm going to fight with you about. And if it continues to be a fight, I'm probably going to have to shelve the gaming until your dad's home and we can work it out together. Yeah. Um, Is dad going to have to limit it to 45 minutes then? 
No, I see because it's quite vague, <laughs> isn't a, it? Well, uh, I mean, I, I just have a suspicion here that, like, yeah. he, he comes home with the weekend. She says, "Look, we're trying to limit him to." For, uh, Dad is going. I'm not limited to forty five minutes. But it but sounds like they're not limiting it at the at weekend. All. And you see, again, children. We as adults know the difference between midweek and weekends. Children don't. No, like it's all just days to them. So you saying no, 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 yes, 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 no, no. They don't get that. Mm. So it does have to be regulated the week through or again using the schedule and saying there is special colour tabs on Saturdays and Sundays because there's bonus time here. But during the week, you're using the blue tabs and you can only have up four of them because they're all 30 minute slots or whatever it might be and let him stick them in. But reminding him you've used your time. And you're going to have to just Teflon coat yourself through some of this because initially he's going to be used to, well, if I wear you down through fighting with you, you'll give me more. And you have to show that's not the case. I'm sorry you're upset about this. I know this is really bothering you. You could go outside. You can kick a ball. You can read a book. You can and naming out things he can do. But gaming isn't an option beyond the limit you set. We've got a lot of comments in from gamers, I assume, saying two hours is nothing on a game. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't that, either. And I, I assume I, that's you can't I mean. get your satisfactory chunk it, it, of gaming. And it's not and about the game for two hours. It's about two hours on a device for an eight-year-old child. Is, yeah, not so great. So it's, it's a different narrative. And again, there will be some children, Sean, that can do two hours, even in a single sitting. And when they're told to turn it off, they can and they can go about whatever's next in their day. And other children struggle to mm. regulate. Yeah. So yeah. it is about finding what works for your child in your family with this. But I wouldn't frame it as an addiction. I would frame it that he really loves it. Yes. He identifies with his dad through it. And it's something that he's like, I if I'm going to choose what to play, I choose this. So you're just putting a boundary around it and setting limits. And you know what? It's, it's one of many, many boundaries and limits you'll be setting and resetting and resetting as he grows. But I would actively involve dad in this because I'd love to know what the weekend usage is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My son is 10 years old and over the last few months, he's lost, just lost interest in everything. He played GAA with our local club, was also involved in local music groups. Since Christmas, he's putting up a fight every time he has training or music lessons. He told me he doesn't like GAA anymore and that he never liked music. If I felt this was actually the case, I wouldn't mind. I would never force my child to do something they don't want to do. But I feel this is really out of character. It's like he hates everything he used to love. I've contacted the school. They haven't seen any issues in the classroom. They would explain the mood change. And I don't see any sign of bullying or anything of that sort. I'm very concerned because I know there is a reason for this. What should I do next? Yeah, I mean, he's also 10 years old. So just developmentally, he's coming, you know, he's in that middle childhood stage. He's fast approaching that pre-adolescent curve. And interests do change. Mm. Uh, You know, it's not unusual. And I wonder, you know, when he says, I don't like GAA anymore, he did like it. So what has changed? Something has changed in that. And it may be that the expectations of performance and matches and the level of training and the aspect of competition has increased in it. And he's simply not enjoying it as much as he used to. And with I never liked music. Yeah. It's possible he didn't and he went to please you. And Mm. now he's like, while I'm at it, I also don't like this. But, you know, also I'm curious with music at 10 years old, if he's been doing it for a while, is it that exams have come into it? You know, children's interests and activities can become quite formal at a certain point. And if he was saying, look, I'll happily do music, but I don't want to do exams. Okay, 
mm-hmm. I'd be more interested in keeping him doing the music. Yeah, which is actually an interesting thing, actually, because I was like talking to somebody about this. Like, uh, you know, it, I don't know if it's even possible to get a child, say, piano lessons without at some point somebody saying, well, you have to start doing your grades. Uh, and that can just kill their love of it. And really. you don't have to do the grades. Yeah. You can simply go and learn to play and enjoy playing and do it for pleasure. Lots of people like to do the grades and it's competency based and skills based. Mm. And some of that is adult driven where we want our kids to do really well at something and to grow and develop within their interest. But it is okay for a child to go, no, thanks, I will go, but I'm not doing exams and I don't want to practice and I don't want to do this. I just want to like playing it. Now, again, if you're plowing a lot of money into lessons... Some parents are going to say, no, no, there needs to be something, something out of some, it. Yeah, kickback, um, yeah. But actually the joy they might get in it is also something. I, You know, when you say, I know there is a reason for this, I'm going to ask you to stay curious rather than certain. Uh, you could say, because you've spoken to the school, you haven't seen any sign of bullying, but there's nothing in here that tells me you've asked him. And yeah, he's 10 years yeah. old. I would say to him, look, I've noticed. Well, yeah, he doesn't like GAA anymore and he never liked music. Seems yeah, to but you, know, he's, you haven't said, is there something going on? Is everything mm-hmm. okay with your friends? Or mm. paying attention to, because that's something. I would look at how is his energy level in general. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, is he presenting as flat, disinterested, lethargic? If you're noticing this in a more pervasive way, get a blood test. Make yeah. sure that there's nothing lurking there like a virus or his iron levels are low or there's nothing really obvious like that that can get overlooked with kids. Um, just see what else might be going on. How are his friendships in general? Are you Is he talking about kids he always did? Has he stopped talking about a kid he used to talk about a lot? You know, is he looking to hang out with friends or spend time with them or orchestrate yeah. you know, play arrangements or anything like that? And say to him, I've noticed a big change in, you know, things you used to love doing, you no longer have any interest in. And the story I'm telling myself right now as your parent is there's something wrong. Mm. And if there's something wrong, I ne- you need to know that you can give that to me and I will help you to work it out. Then if he's like, no, 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 go, okay, I believe you. But just once you've heard, if there is anything, you can bring it to me. And now that you've been clear with me about what you don't want to do, I'm wondering what are you planning to take up instead? So in putting it like that, you're communicating, you will be doing one Something. activity. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this isn't about I'm doing nothing. I'm hands off. So you don't want to do these. But what is it? Because I'm wondering if his interest has shifted into a new area. And if that's the case, follow his follow that thread. Mm. If he's like, well, you know, so and so does this and they say it's really cool. Great. If you can get him into it and it's within your means to do so. Once he's interested, work to keep him engaged, especially at this age. Yeah. Because this tends to be an age where kids do begin to drop activities that they yeah, were doing. Yeah. They're I less w- compliant, remember, yeah. as well. If he has a friend group, I'd be interested to know, are they playing GAA or, and or doing music? Because there could be yep. that kind of the way they grow out of all sorts of things. The friend group are going, well, GAA isn't cool anymore. And, and it could that be music anything like cool that. Anymore. You know, making sure that he's not getting yelled at on the pitch or he's not, you know, there isn't a commentary about, well, I'm actually not as good as the others. And that might be true, by the way. It's OK not to be as good at everything. But it's also hard to keep going to something when, you know, I'm really not as good as the others. So now mm, my enjoyment yeah, is yeah. gone. So if it's like, fair enough, you played it for X amount of years, you don't want to anymore. If you want to go to training or camps, we can still do that. But what are you going to do instead? You can't just give up everything. Yes. So yeah. we'll keep one of these active until we have found something else. Mm. Uh, and as you say, uh, uh, pointing out that uh, there's no kind of actual physical issue there. Uh, on the subject of music lessons, uh, someone says it is possible 
Uh, this is now to yeah, see someone so without the chords. Find someone who teaches jazz piano. Ooh. So they learn chord structures and progressions and how to improvise over. They will enjoy it so much more. And it's likely they will end up better than musicians uh, than if the Royal uh, Irish Royal Academy grades are the focus. Okay, I don't know how many jazz piano teachers there are. Uh, scattered, but that's really interesting scattered to hear the country, as well. But that yeah. is interesting. Uh, on the subject of gaming, Paul says, I just removed the fuse from the Xbox <laughs> going to bed one night and in the morning it didn't, res- it didn't work. As a result, it ended up in the repair shop, my car boot, uh, for three <laughs> weeks, uh, says Paul. That's a kind that's of creative there, that Paul. That is creative yeah, there. Let's call it creative. Now, I do wonder, <laughs> is there some sort of... I don't know. Is it, you know, is it possible to put a timer on one so that after, so he, you know, he can see the 45 minutes clicking down and then yeah. it's going to turn off and itself. And something like a visual timer. So it's not just a bing of a phone or a bing because yeah. time again is so abstract. He needs to see the time, either a, a digital countdown or a sand timer that would count it down. He gets two twists of it, depending yeah. on, you can get 45 minute ones, by the way, but that you do it that way. But I also think you want to teach some self-regulation around it. Yeah. So so he's yeah. part of the boundary and it's not just imposed on him. You must do. But he has, OK, I have two hours. How will I choose to use it? That's giving him a li- even a semblance of more control in the yes. process. Yeah. Joanna, thanks a million. Thank uh, you. As ever. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.